Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third episode of the Slasher Saturday podcast. My name is Derek. My name is Eleanor. And we are movie and TV fans, horror movie fans, and love to talk about the things we love and want to share that love with you. On Slasher Saturday, we hit stop and rewind on the VCR so we can look back at some of the most classic horror movies of each subgenre throughout each generation and evaluate their impact on the horror movie landscape at the time and how well it holds up today. Now, Predator is a movie that I have seen as a kid, but this was a definite, call it a rewatch for me, where I have not seen this movie since I was a kid. And so it's probably been at least 15 years for me. <laughs> and the only thing Predator-related I've seen since is the infamous Alien vs. Predator movies. Yeah, I have not seen any Predator movies, so this was the first time for me. <laughs> so Eleanor will be more of the average movie-going audience and not so much as a Predator fan. But kind of going into this movie blind or kind of cold without any sort of interaction with Predator prior. I only knew that Arnold Schwarzenegger was in it. That was it. <laughs> and, of course, the upcoming Hulu movie Prey, which we have saw the trailer together and are pretty excited for, I'd say. Oh, yeah, definitely. So to give you a little bit of a brief overview of Predator, Predator came out in 1987 and was directed by John McTiernan, produced by John Davis, Lawrence Gordon, Lawrence Pereira, Joel Silver, and Jim Thomas. It was written by Jim Thomas and John Thomas. It stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, Elpidia Carrillo, sorry if I pronounced that wrong, Bill Duke, Jesse Ventura, Sonny Landham, and Richard Chavez. The film's budget was around $15 million, released in the United States on June 12, 1987. It grossed $98,267,588. Initial critical reaction to Predator was negative with criticism focusing on the thin plot. However, in subsequent years, critics' attitudes toward the film warmed, and it has appeared on a number of best-of lists. Three sequels, Predator 2, Predators, and The Predator, as well as two crossover films with the Alien franchise, Alien vs. Predator and Alien vs. Predator Requiem, have been produced. And, of course, as we mentioned, the upcoming Prey, which is a prequel to Predator. This was also distributed by and produced by 20th Century Fox. And didn't it star someone else that isn't listed here? Oh, yes. Uh, the director of The Predator, Shane Black, is also in this movie, in the original Predator, if I'm not mistaken. He plays Rick something. Uh, Rick with Hawkins. Glasses. I believe that's the Shane Black character. I could be mistaken. But it was pretty cool to see that the director of the newest Predator movie, The Predator, was in the original movie as a character who I believe was one of the first to die. Yeah, he didn't last very long. <laughs> Alrighty, so opening up into the film, an alien spacecraft enters the Earth's atmosphere and jettisons a pod, which descends into the Central American jungle. Later, Major Alan Dutch Schaefer... Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, played by Mr. Arnold himself, arrives in the same area under the command of Major General Homer Phillips, with his elite team for an operation of rescuing a presidential cabinet minister who had been abducted by guerrilla forces. The team consists of Mac Elliott, Blaine Cooper, Billy Soule, Jorge Pancho Ramirez, and Rick Hawkins. Dutch's old military friend, George Dillon, now working for the CIA, accompanies them as a liaison. The team is inserted into the jungle by helicopter and begins its hunt. 
They soon find the wreckage of a downed helicopter and later the remains of Army Special Forces soldiers whose presence in the country puzzles Dutch, Arnold. The group is horrified to find the bodies have been hung and have had their skins removed, I which say, is that something that great. really looked great, especially for this horror film, older film. Usually it's a movie in this type of era would have uh, very kind of cheesy looking prosthetics or cheesy practical effects. But we saw with movies like Nightmare on Elm Street and, of course, this movie and, of course, Alien use really good practical effects. I can attest to somebody who's worked in a cadaver lab that that looked like a cadaver. That looked good. It looked really good. And it was creepy as hell. I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and of course, they track the gorillas to a heavily defended rebel encampment, which they destroy, except for a woman named Anna, whom they take prisoner. And she, of course, takes a kind of co-star in this movie as your basic me, male, uh, main, <laughs> main co-star as your main female lead right she's kind of the only woman we really see in this film very much we don't have very many women in this and of course dutch is enraged by the fact that they even have to have a woman on board so they basically say if you guys fall behind you're on your own right it's like well she's now a liability and she's your liability so you get to deal with that and as the team make their way to the extraction point, they are observed from afar by unknown creature using thermal imaging. And at this point, we haven't seen Predator. So at this point, we don't even know, unless you've seen the trailer, of course, and you saw the title of the movie called Predator. You don't know whether or not that's thermal imaging or the way that he looks or if that's someone watching them through a thermal scope. Right, and you're not sure exactly if he's an alien or if he just came off an alien ship or if he discovered an alien ship, if he's a person. You have no idea until you see him later. Anna briefly escapes, but when Hawkins catches her, he is stabbed and dragged off. Yes, this is Hawkins, the guy with the glasses, and he's been making a lot of uh, perverted jokes the entire time. So it's funny that he goes after her and then ends up stabbed and pulled away. Right, he's the guy that's making all of the dick jokes and the pussy jokes. and Yeah, exactly. He's the one who's like, um, if you need some comedic relief, this is your man. And, <laughs> and honestly, everyone looks at him like, dude, you're stupid every time he says something. Yeah, it's pretty I th funny. I think the last joke he told actually got Billy to laugh, which was funny to see Billy laughing. Because he was the stoic, you know, Native American, I believe. It yeah. was uh, just very stoic and kind of lone wolf, if you will. So to see him laugh and then like two minutes later get totally slaughtered in front of that girl. And she was just totally shocked and paralyzed in what she had seen. And so was I saw him get dragged away, dragged away basically by the invisible man. Right. And uh, for the effects of the time, it looked really good. Like it looked like almost a walking mirror that right. was reflecting all of the jungle back at them. And then when, so when Anna says in Spanish, she said, they ask her what happened. She says, it was the jungle. The jungle came alive and took him. And they just don't believe right. her at first. They think that's crazy. Obviously, you know something and you're protecting somebody. Right. They assume because she is a Hispanic or of Latin American descent that she probably is part of the enemy and is therefore trying to deceive them. Moments later, while the team is looking for Hawkins' killer and Hawkins' body, Blaine is killed, which Blaine, of course, is Jesse Ventura, the guy that's been having brown spit come out, right? 
Yes, yes. He's the one who's had dips tucked in his cheek the entire time. And if you live anywhere in the country or been anywhere in the country, you know exactly what type of person we're talking about. Which he was kind of an asshole at first, but then he kind of like, I kind of liked him. Kind of felt like he was a badass. Well, he got to carry the death machine, too, which was (laughs) freaking amazing. (laughs) And Mac sees the creature, which I believe Mac was the first one to see the creature. Mm -hmm. Could be wrong. Could have been Billy. But uh, sees a creature, one with the jungle, and opens fire on it with all the team giving corresponding fire support. But it disappears into the jungle. And, yeah, they just mow the jungle down. It's oh, like a yeah. solid 30 seconds of gunfire. Yeah, and I just look at Derek and I'm like, do you think they got it? I, I don't know if they got it. They realize <laughs> it must have been the same one that killed the other soldiers, of course, because they saw similarities in the way that everybody had been killed and slaughtered and skinned and gutted and even when he took blaine's corpse with him at his first opportunity anna knowing and realizing the threat they are into tells the team everything she knows finally uh about it and what she saw of the creature and which has been something of a local legend for hundreds of years and uh decides to finally help them because she knows that there's no way she's going to get out of there alive without them help right exactly the team sets up a trap, but it avoids capture, severely wounding Poncho in the process. It turns out the creature has an advanced electronic stealth coat, which allows it to be one with the environment, which it uses for its hunting. I mean, we saw that, and it looked really good, especially for, you'd think, like an 80s movie. You're like, oh, this is going to look cheesy. It's not going to hold up. Sure, it doesn't look perfect, but it looks really good still. Oh, yeah. It, oh, like yeah. If I saw that, I'd be like, what the fuck am I looking at? Not to mention, they really set up all these characters really well, even from the beginning. Like, everybody had their own identity, and it wasn't necessarily like you're just typical army soldier character tropes. They were all very individual and, in a sense, like, at a fast-paced, but fleshed out. Right. Um, At least you knew what you needed to know. Yeah, you have enough detail to differentiate everyone apart and know what they're kind of like. And so when they are killed so quickly like this, it's like, oh, damn, I thought this guy could have been, like, one of the last survivors, and he just got slaughtered. Right, exactly. And I think it it kind of feels like when you're playing, like, Call of Duty game, and they introduce, like, Ghost and a couple of other characters, right. and you're like, okay, oh, I get... face of the franchise. Yes, exactly. You're like, these are, okay, I get it, these are these people. We don't know everything about their life story, but we know enough to know this person does this, and this person likes this, blah, blah, blah. And it sets it up just well enough to make it so it's not like your typical boring war movie. It's actually a really good film. And, of course, the team tried to set a trap, but the Predator avoided being captured and severely wounded Poncho by the uh, the tree trunk that came flying down. And he's Poncho like, is I'm one good. of my favorites. So, no, he was not too good. Uh, but he's like, he's like I'll make yeah, it. Yeah, I'll make it. Don't leave me. Like, I'll make it. And, of course, they're trying to bring him with them. And Yeah, Mac and Dylan are end up killing killed in the ensuing chase scene. But they actually kind of come up with a plan a little bit. They're like, all right, you go this way. I'll go this way. And they have, like, this solid moment where they both see Predator in the trees. And they're like, okay, there he is. And they're going to do this. They're going to do something. And you're like, okay, I really hope it works out for them. And then it doesn't work out for either one of them. Yeah, and Max acting in this movie, like, whether he's praying or whether he's uh, just talking to himself or talking to the jungle or to the Predator, he his acting and even just sitting there watching the Predator in the tree 
is really what sells like the fear of the right. predator. He was shaving and he kind of seemed him. to be doing that in the helicopter too. It was almost like a self-soothe type thing. Yeah. And he was shaving so hard he cut his face and broke the razor because he was so tense from waiting for the predator. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, I just cut myself and busted this razor off. Yeah, and when he pulls Dylan over and says, shh, you see him. And, you know, they're looking across the jungle. You could just see it in his face like he he himself in his mind state is a predator but he doesn't realize like he's about to become prey. Right, exactly. He thinks there's a chance, but they don't realize like But their fear mm. is also what really sells it for me. Yeah, you could tell that they were scared. Like they were sweating, they were pouring sweat. The amount of sweat that was poured in this movie, like I was holy right. sh- like I was feeling oh, yeah. heat. Oh yeah. Both both of them unfortunately did not make it and uh every kill in this movie has been good. I couldn't say that one has been better than the other. I think probably Blaine, was that his name, right? Right. Uh, I think his shot through the chest was probably my favorite at this point, but some of the stabbings and the skinnings have been really cool too. But the Predator catches up to Dutch and engages in a short shootout. Oh, wait, forgot about Billy. Poor Billy. Yeah, he tried well, to make a stand. Well, hasn't happened yet, but... Yeah, uh, yeah, this was right after Mac and Dylan were killed. So the Predator catches up to Dutch and engages in a short shootout, during which Poncho was killed. Realizing the creature only attacks those possessing weapons, a wounded Dutch sends the unarmed Anna to the extraction point to report to them what is going on. This is where you get the infamous line, Get to the chopper! Jumping off of a waterfall, he narrowly escapes the creature by unwittingly masking his body's heat signature with mud and witnesses the predator's true form completely when its active camouflage fails in the water. Seeing an advantage, when he realizes he cannot see him thanks to the mud he has on his body, Dutch applies more mud on him and provides various weaponry and traps to avenge his fallen comrades and then baits the predator into coming out by starting a large fire and yelling a loud and barbaric war cry. Yeah, he himself, when he let out that scream into the night, sounded like a predator himself. And it was pretty loud, too. Like, it was echoing, and you could see the predators look up like, excuse me, bitch. Yeah, and that whole chase was super intense. And, of course, he basically had just given up. Uh, once he had swam to shore and just fell into the mud until he heard the predator land in the water behind him. He just started crawling for cover and found cover and backed up into the trees in the mud. And he had just so happened to have mud all over his face and his chest from crawling that that saved his life. Just straight up instinct. And that was so lucky, but also really smart. Right, and then when he realized, like, I wouldn't have realized in that situation that it was the mud saving me. I would have been like, how did he not see me? I'm panicked now. Now I'm even more scared. But Dutch was smart enough to be like, oh, it's heat. He can't see me. It's got to be because of the mud. And then put more mud on. It's like, that's really smart. Right. Because even as the mud dries, it'll still continue to cool you. And it also helps with just straight-up camouflage as well. You know, he's a soldier, so he's used to blending in with the environment and using the environment to his advantage any way he can. So he's fashioning spears and booby traps and weapons and, of course, homemade camouflage with nature around him. And, uh, yeah, what a great scream he lets out, like Conan the Barbarian almost. Literally just, like, screams out into the ether, like, basically telling the Predator, like, bring it on, I'm ready. Right, and Predator hears, and he's like, okay, challenge accepted. And once he gets there to investigate, uh, and he has every intention of killing Dutch at this point. Oh, yeah. 
He ends up falling into Dutch's trap, but only suffers minor injuries from the attack. And the Predator obviously immediately starts firing everywhere and to every direction with his blaster. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's like a heat blast or something like that. Uh, discarding its electronic weaponry and infrared vision helmet as a sign of respect. Uh, so he ends up taking off the helmet once he ends up finding Dutch to show, like, okay, you've made a world-class fight out of me, and that is not usual, especially regarding you humans. Especially so I'm you going to puny unmask myself and show you what I really am as a sign of respect to you before I slaughter you. Like and fight mono e mono kind of. Right, and we've seen him, you know, adapt other people's voices, you know, what are you, or over here, over here. And, right. you know, that was really creepy. And obviously... Uh, and the laugh. Oh, the laugh. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But being able to take Mac's words and use them against other people I thought was really cool. Because then it just kind of made it sound like the jungle had came alive and started to talk to you from every direction. But, of course, you know, the Predator. And he's easily able to overpower Dutch and gets him into submission and is moving in to finish the job. Battered and barely able to move, Dutch still manages to drop the counterweight from one of his traps onto the creature, and it looks like a heavy tree log or of some sort yeah, ends up like falling on him. Right, and uh, it ends up crushing Predator, and basically he's got blood coming out of his mouth and his chest, and he asks the mortally wounded alien, you know, what the hell are you? And then Predator ends up replying, what the hell are you? And it's just like, oh, that's creepy, you ugly motherfucker. <laughs> and yeah, uh, then he activates a self-destruct sequence on a, like, a little wrist bracelet he has. Right. And that's when he takes that infamous laugh that Billy gave us earlier to Hawkins' joke and starts just spouting it off back at Arnie. And, Ugh, I get chills now thinking about it. <laughs> and Dutch is barely able to escape the explosion, which is similar to a small nuclear one, honestly. It ends up blowing up every tree in its path, and it looks very nuclear-powered. Um, maybe not to the level of destruction, but the color and the heat of it. The helicopter in the distance ends up knowing what happened, and Anna reaches them and told them everything what had happened to her, which caused the Major General to go for Alan's rescue with them, too, when he hears about it. Dutch is then taken away with the helicopter, and of course he surprisingly made it in time, still covered in mud, still limping, still torn apart. This was like totally a Mandela effect for me, side note. Because as a kid, I totally remember him dying in the explosion. I guess it's just been that long since I've seen the movie. But I thought this, a lot like Terminator 2, and I guess the first Terminator, was another movie that Arnold Schwarzenegger died in. So I'm like, what the hell? Why didn't Arnie ever return to this franchise? Maybe we'll find out in the future sequels. But uh, that pretty much brings it to the end of the movie. And uh, it was a shorter movie, I'd say. Probably under two hours. I think it was hour 47 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, an hour and seven minutes, I'd say I think. about the first 30 minutes probably felt like just a, your typical war action movie and setting up all of your action characters. And then as soon as Predator shows up, starts hunting people and taking them out, it ends up becoming a whole movie about 
cat and mouse and cat and mouse games and setting up traps and being smart enough to survive and being able to adapt to your surroundings and overpower this alien slasher. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of them don't make it. A lot of characters I would expect to have made it. Uh, I do really still like this movie. I loved it as a kid, and I didn't know how I would feel about it after all these years, if it was just going to be a B-grade action movie or if the Predator franchise overall is just a franchise that needs to go in the ground. But I actually, after seeing this movie, make me more excited to see Prey, the prequel that's about to come out on Hulu. I know that some of the Predator movies that come out after this are not as hot, not as a great financial success at the box office and not as great of a critical success, even though this movie had some rotten ratings at first. It's obviously now held as a classic and I think one of Arnold's most iconic movies. But the entire cast was great, even Shane Black, as little as he was in it. But Eleanor, that brings it to you. You were a first-time new viewer to the Predator franchise. What were your thoughts on this movie? Because we haven't talked about it much. So I know it's not really your type of movie, very action-packed. Was it too action-packed? Was it not scary enough? What were your thoughts? No, I, I liked it. Um, it was kind of a slow burn at first. I did not see where we were going at first. I was like, okay, so we're setting something up, but we're setting it up pretty slowly. And um, we got to the gorilla camp and everything was exploding. And I was like, all right, we got some explosions. I can see that this is a war movie. I can see we're kind of where we're going with this, especially when we saw the Predator observing all of that. Right. And then when we get to the end and you kind of feel the movie shift about halfway through, like, okay, it's shifting into something away from a w typical war movie. Then I was like, all right, I'm invested. I'm a lot more invested in it now. So right, I would say it definitely the second half feel like was two better. different movies at times. Right. Because the first half I was like, this doesn't feel like the second half of this movie. And the second Not half doesn't feel much. like the first half. Like you can see where you get there, how you go from the first half to the second half. But when you're first starting out, you d wouldn't expect what happens, which is why I think it's a good movie. It's because. Totally. It, it's. Subverted totally your expectations. Yes, very much so. And it wasn't in like a way that you're like, oh, this is crap. It was in a way where it was like, oh, this is a good subversion of my expectations. Like I knew there was going to be a Predator in it. I'd heard about Predator. I knew what the noise he was going to make was, but I didn't hear anything else about the movie. So I had no other ideas going into it. So, yeah, it was a good film. I'd say overall, very good. Three out of four Predators. <laughs> Three out of four Predators. <laughs> I would give you at least that. Fair enough. Well, well, guys, thank you so much for spending your time with us. And that will do it for this week's episode of Slasher Saturday. Thank you for being here. And if you enjoyed this video, then please give it a like, of course, if you are on YouTube. And if you'd like to voice your opinion on this movie, jump down in the comments below and join our conversation. Consider coming back to the channel because we do post new content seven days a week. If you're on Spotify, please give us a five-star review if you are a fan of our show. We do offer the audio-only option on Spotify, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcast services. And thank you all for being here. Next week, we'll be covering a more iconic slasher film, delving back into the slasher genre and visiting the 
other Wes Craven iconic classic film, at Nightmare on Elm Street, of course, released in 1984. Thank you all for being here. My name's Derek. My name's Eleanor. Bye-bye.